probably just going to run this thing out. First down and 10 from the 45. Cole McGriff over the top. Kyle Dillon with the grab. Has speed. Jukes the defense. He's still on his feet. Makes another man miss. Kyle Dillon's going to score. Touchdown, Grinnell. Merrill keeps it himself. Here comes Preston Dodd. This one's topped up. It's intercepted. Kyle Dillon takes it to the barn. Touchdown, Grinnell. Welcome, Welcome to the, to the Tiger, Tiger Sports, Sports Livestream Live Network Podcast. Podcast. Happy Monday, everyone. Welcome to podcast number 22 on the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Have a really good show coming up today. We're going to sit down and review our past week's sports, talk about a little bit happened on the football game. Blake will cover that. And then we're going to jump over to a special guest this week, Mark Copeland with the Tiger Football Club. Had a really nice visit with Mark, talked about what was going on in the program, how different things they could do to help the kids enhance their football skills and grow through all the way, all the way down from fifth grade up to their uh, senior year in high school. So some really neat things going on there with the Tiger Football Club. And also we'll follow back up when we're all said and done with what's going on next week or this week, which is homecoming week, so a lot of festivities going on in the high school and around the school leading up to the big game against Knoxville on Friday night. Hey there, I'm Joey Pauliai, third generation owner of Pauliai's in Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit PolyEyesGrinnellIA.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at PolyEyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow. Growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. Thank you to Polly Eyes Pizza and Grinnell Mutual for sponsoring the Tiger Sports Live Stream Network podcast. So let's jump into what our last week's sports were. We started out on Monday night while we were doing, <clears throat> excuse me, doing the podcast, the uh, JV versus uh, vars, or excuse me, JV football was down in Washington. Uh, they were able to bring home a, a victory. They started out a little bit slow, and then they come back and, and capped off with a victory on the night. So that was a, a good start to last week for the JV game. Uh, Tuesday the 24th, the cross-country traveled over to Newton to the country club. Uh, good results. The uh, girls were able to uh, capture a first-place finish on the Newton invite, so that was really nice uh, victory for them and the varsity boys uh, in a tough field, ended up sixth place overall. So good good job for the cross-country team as they're traveling over. They ran on the Newton Country Club. Uh, next over was also on Tuesday night, the volleyball team. Uh, they traveled to, or they traveled to, the Pella Christian came to the high school. Uh, they ended up on the night with uh, three straight set losses versus Pella Christian. Uh, that was our dig pink night, so... 
reaching out for cancer survivors and cancer awareness. Leaders on the night for serving was Abby Furness, 8 for 8, Katie Witt with 7 for 7, Lexi Schaefer, 6 for 6. The dig leaders were Addie Pettit with 11, Abby Furness with 7, Daisy Harris with 7, Lexi Schaefer with 5, Izzy Redding with 5. Setting leaders was Abby Furness with 6, blocking leader was Daisy Harris with 1 solo block and 1 block assist. Hitting leaders were McKenna Smith, went for a perfect 4 for 4 with 4 kills. Daisy Harris with 20 for 25 with 4 kills. Abby Furness 5 for 7 with 2 kills. Addie Petty with 15 for 19 with 2 kills. And Lauren Bolte was 7 out of 8 with 1 kill. So, And there's a note in here from uh, Coach Schultz. Big shout out to the community and supporting the Dig Pink Nick. Dig Pink Night, uh, and thank you for all the local businesses and stuff as they had silent raffles and, uh, or excuse me, silent auctions and raffle tickets going on through the night. So, again, thank you. Great support from, from our community going out on that. So those are always really good things when that goes on in the high schools. We also do the exact same thing with uh, basketball in, in, <clears throat> in the wintertime. All right, traveling on to Saturday uh, I'll let Blake do the follow-up on the football game. So Saturday morning, they headed up to South Tama. Uh, it was a kind of a tough morning for the, the girls. I'll just kind of read through the, the stats. They started out eighth-ranked in the eventual tournament. Uh, champion was Lisbon. Started a little bit slowly. First set, 13-21. Came with a strong uh, win. Uh, second set 21 to 8, winning the match by taking the third set 15 to 8. Uh, in the second match, the Tigers met Belle Plaine, uh, started out slow, uh, losing the first one at 12 to 21, then came back with a strong win in the second set 21 to 13, fell a little bit short at 10 to 15 on the third set. Uh, third match was against South Tama, started out with a quick first set uh, win at 21 17. The second set was off a little. Uh, could not hold off a late charge by the Trojans, lost 20-22. to And then uh, that kind of took the wind out of the sails in their third set. They lost 7-15. to Fourth match of the day was versus Perry. Uh, a little sluggy start, 2-7. to Battled back to get a win in that first set, uh, 21-16, behind serving a Katie Witt. The second set belonged to uh, the Tigers with uh, big serves from Abby Furness and Daisy Harris, along with many blocks, great kills on our front row. They won 21-4. So that put their record at 2-2, two to two, or 2-2. Two and two. Uh, So they had a rematch against Belle Plaine in the tournament. Tigers fought hard, not able to recover uh, over Belle Plaine, and ended with too many mistakes. Lost 15-21 the first set and 18-21 the second set. Leaders on the day, so that's a lot of, a lot of volleyball going on. Uh, the Tigers served 93% with Lauren Bolte going 32 for 33 with an ace. Addie Pettit went 30 for 35 uh, with four aces. Abby Furness, 37 for 38 with one ace. Katie Witt, 35 for 39 with one ace. Daisy Harris, a perfect 44 40 with seven aces. Lexi Schaefer went 21 for 23. Uh, serve receivers on the day were Addie Pettit with and Daisy Harris, both passing at just over 2.0 clip on a 3.0 scale. As the team 
It was uh, the best day of serve receiving so far, passing at 1.96. Dig leaders were Daisy Harris with 42, Addie Pettit with 34, Abby Furness with 29, Lori Bolte 24, Katie Witt 17, Natalie Brown with 15. Blocking improved greatly. Leaders were Lauren Bolte and Addie with one solo block and one block assist. Abby Furness with two solo blocks, one block assist. Daisy Harris with three solo blocks and seven block assists. Lexi Schaefer with one solo block and eight assists. Setting leaders were Abby Furness with 59 assists. Katie Witt with 27. Hitting leaders uh, were Lauren Bolte, 41 of 46, with 15 kills. Uh, Addie Petty with 57 for 67, with 19 kills. Abby Furness with 25 for 30, with 10 kills. Katie Witt, 11 for 11, with 3 kills. Daisy Harris, 73 for 88, with 35 kills. Lexi Schaefer with 23 or 26 for 3 kills. And finally, McKenna Smith with 33 for 40, uh, with 13 kills. So that will round out our uh, activities for the week. Kind of a short week of, of sports. Um, Blake, let's uh, hear a little bit about what went on with the football team. Uh, give your analysis. All right. Thank you, Dad. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Grinnell football recap. I apologize if the audio is a little off. I'm currently holding my phone on the, or my dash, my phone is on my dashboard right now in my car. So hopefully the audio isn't too bad. We're so crunched on time this week that this is how it's going to work. So uh, I'm going to be recapping football while I'm driving. Uh, it's okay. I have two hands on the wheel. Anyway, um, Grinnell football went to Oskaloosa this past Friday night. Uh, it's supposed to rain, was supposed to rain, thunderstorms in the forecast. Luckily, those stayed just south of town, so we were able to get the game in. There was a little bit of lightning in the area, which you know is as expected, but um, it shouldn't be too much of a problem considering uh, you know we got the game in. There was really no big, big issue. Um, anyway, Grinnell lost 35-16 to against the Oskaloosa Indians. You know, coming into the game, it was it was really all a toss-up. We didn't really know how good Grinnell was going to play. We didn't know how good Oskaloosa was going to play. Um, there was a lot of, you know, ifs and ands and buts, but uh, in the end, Grinnell just couldn't get it done. Uh, again, I don't have stats in front of me or anything, uh, but I can, you know, kind of take some guesses. Dallas probably had uh, under 100 yards. Wyatt Hunter had uh, by far the worst night statistically he has had. It was really just once again, it was Kyle Dillon's night. Gurnell opened the game with a uh, fumble, or Oskaloosa opened the game with a fumble. Grinnell's Kyle Dillon picked it up after it bobbled a little bit. He picked it up, took it in for six. That's two straight weekends for Kyle that he has uh, scored a defensive touchdown. He's really been doing everything. And then uh, Grinnell went up uh, 7-0, and then Oskaloosa got pinned down inside their five. I can't remember if it was because of penalties or if it was because of a punt, but Grinnell was able to force a safety, and Grinnell's up 9 nothing. Now, anyone that was there in the stands could have probably taken a guess that Grinnell's offense just didn't look the same. Uh, and, you know, it's not that we had anybody different in. It was just Grinnell's offense could not get going. Oskaloosa's defense was absolutely incredible. They were clogging the hole. They were bringing linebackers down. The, Grinnell just couldn't get anything going. Uh, Cole McGriff dropped a few early passes. Wyatt, Dill or Wyatt Hunter could not get the running game going. It was just the recipe for disaster. Um, the defense, though, did hold on for a little bit. They did uh, 
you know, give a few stops to Oskaloosa. William Schultz, their main quarterback, was out. So Tyler Miller played quarterback. He threw it like four times all night, but they just ran it. Oskaloosa ran it and just kept running it. And uh, it just it proved just not to work for Grinnell. They, uh, they got down 21-9. to Oskaloosa just kept pouring the points on. Grinnell, I think, did end up scoring. Yeah, they did end up scoring, uh, but they just, I mean, it was too much, and Oskaloosa won 35-16. to So, uh, overall, not it, not what we wanted, obviously. Uh, Oskaloosa, you know, despite them coming in the game at, uh, uh, what were they, 2-1 uh, and one or 2-2, two and two, you can't, yeah, 2-2, two and two, there's, there's nothing you can say wrong about that. Oskaloosa was an incredible football program, and they still are. I mean, they won the district championship last year for a reason. They're, they're still a good football team. Now, are they as good as they were last year? No. But they are still a good football team, and despite Grinnell leading in every category statistically going into that ballgame, I don't think it really mattered. I think Oskaloosa was the better team on Friday night, um, and that's nothing to take away from Grinnell. I think Grinnell played a game that you know could be considered a win if they played any other opponent, but it just, in the end, it just didn't work out in Grinnell's favor, and uh that led to the 35 to 16 loss. But um, you know, there's a few things that you know you come away with that are good. The defense did play all right in the first half. Uh, you know, it was it was a good thing to see that they could stop the run for a little bit. Obviously, you want that to be a little bit more consistent. We were able to sack the quarterback a few times, which is huge. But uh, in the end, it just came down to agility. I don't know how many times Preston Dodd was in the backfield and Tyler Miller just completely juked him out. I mean, it, 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 there's not much you can do about that. There's there's a difference between the fundamentals and there's difference, I mean, difference between fundamentals and what you can't teach. And you can't teach what Tyler Miller was doing on that football field. I mean, he was absolutely incredible. And, I mean, there's, there's, no, there's no other way I can put it. There, it was just a really well-done game. Oskaloosa's game plan was perfectly executed, and they won. I mean, it, it's as plain and simple as that. Grinnell's wide receivers have to get better. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, Dallas, he's going to have his up-and-down games. He made a mistake in the middle of the game. Uh, he was down in, the end, in our own end zone, and he just chucked the ball up in the air. It was picked off. You know, you learn from those mistakes. Are we going to see that from Dallas ever again? No, I don't think we're going to see that mistake from Dallas. He lives and he learns from that mistake, and Grinnell will be a better team because of it. Uh, I just think it was one of those learning games. You know, it's your second straight road game against a team that has a homecoming, and I don't think you can really say much about that. Um, but anyway, that was that was the final. Grinnell lost 35-16 to at Oskaloosa, and they fall to 3-2 and on the season. Going ahead to the games that also happened last weekend, I can just kind of remember off the top of my head. I apologize if I get any of these scores wrong, but uh, Knoxville took on Pella. It was kind of one of those games that Knoxville, could they prove that they were a good 4-0 or were they a 4-0 that played nobody? Personally, their schedule was one of the easiest in the state so far, or in 3A, and Pella was their hardest opponent. Pella took care of them, but only 24 to nothing. And I say only 24 to nothing because last year it would have been like 48 to nothing. But I give credit to Knoxville. I guarantee they probably had quite a bit of yards on the ground, but their defense obviously showed a little bit of wear and tear. And uh, I don't think Pella is going to have much of a challenge in the 3A uh, District 7 besides Oskaloosa and Grinnell. Um, but Pella moves to a solid 3-2 and two on the year. Uh, I think they, I, they're my pick to win the, uh, the district, so I, I assume that's what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, good win for Pella. Knoxville, they have a next, another tough test. 
and we'll just see if they can do it. I don't think there's anything to be sad of because Knoxville has still tied the amount of wins they had all of last year, and I don't think that's something to hang your hat on. Um, the other team that played, Newton and South Tama, 52 to nothing was the final score. Newton took care of South Tama. Um, Newton's running game, I guarantee, put up more than 200 yards. South Tama's defense is just struggling. Um, they can't seem to get the offense going. Uh, but the good thing is, I have heard things that South Tama's freshman team has not lost a game this year. So that is good news. That is good news for South Tama fans. I think there is good on the horizon, but you just got to wait. And uh, for now, they're going to have to just kind of sit back and figure out what's going on in these upcoming weeks. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know as of right now. That's your recap. Uh, Knoxville or Pella, Newton, and Oskaloosa all got wins in 3A7 this weekend. Uh, so, you know, 1-0 to start the, non or the district conference season. I'd say that's a pretty good start for those teams, but there's still a long ways to go. They have seven more teams to play um, in general. So uh, that'll pretty much wrap up the recap for what happened. The only thing ahead is the teams ahead. I don't have, again, the rankings in front of me. If you're wondering for Grinnell, Grinnell dropped to 25th in the 3A rankings. That is still to be shown up on the board. Numbers don't matter, but Grinnell, uh, I feel like they're going to have to start winning a little bit, obviously, to get back up there. Not that rankings matter, in my opinion, but that's just uh, uh, FYI that Grinnell is ranked 25th going into this homecoming weekend. And speaking of that, it is homecoming weekend. Grinnell will play Friday night at 7.30 against the Knoxville Panthers. Knoxville coming off a loss to Pella. This will be really interesting. I think this is the battle for the second or third place team in the district. Uh, I think this is an absolutely incredible matchup. This game was really good last year. Grinnell won 19-7 on the road. Knoxville comes off a tough loss to Pella. Grinnell comes off a tough, tough loss to Oskaloosa. Uh, I think the quarterback play is going to be crucial in this game between Kieran Nichols and Dallas Souser. The running game is going to, it's whoever has the running game, I think it's going to be that. Uh, you know, Wyatt Hunter and maybe Richard Toe will run a little bit. Whoever has the most rushing yards in this game will end up winning this ball game. I'm going to give Grinnell the advantage, though, and I know I choose Grinnell every single week, but uh, I, for this, I truly think this will be. This, I think, will be one of the better games we'll see all year, if not the best game, because I think these teams are so even. And uh, they're, they're growing quickly. Obviously, they've started off better than they have. They Both teams have matched the amount of wins they had last year. One team next or this Friday is going to win their first game to add more than what they did last year. That's a big accomplishment for both these programs. Uh, the Tiger Sports Livestream Network will be there broadcasting the game. Um, we're really excited to be broadcasting it. Myself, uh, Dan Walker, and Craig Seek. We've made some improvements, as always, that we are. And uh, we're so ready for Friday night, homecoming night. And I believe, do not quote me on this, I think Grinnell will be wearing their all-orange uniforms for the first time uh, this season. The JV team last night, by the way, won 48-23 to or 48-25, to I believe. They were also wearing the all-orange uniforms, and they looked absolutely incredible under the lights. So make sure to come on out to TT Cranning Friday night for Grinnell versus Knoxville. The 4-1 and Panthers, the 3-2 and Tigers should be an absolutely phenomenal game. Uh, so that is your recap segment for this week. I hope you guys have enjoyed uh, Tiger Sports so far this season. We have a lot of extra stuff coming on the podcast, and we have some possible big uh, happenings coming up in the uh, for the Grinnell Pella game, so stay tuned for all that. Anyway, that's your recap. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we'll go back to my dad. Special guest segment.
right, now we're on to our guest segment. We want to welcome in Mark Copeland, part of the Grinnell Tiger Football Club. And we're going to visit a little bit with Mark. Blake's got a few questions. We won't beat him up or drag out any of his deep, dark history about playing football at Grinnell. But what we want to talk about today is the good of what the Grinnell Tiger Football Club is doing in Grinnell with the, the football team. And also a little bit, of, let's hear about the history. So I'll turn it over to Blake. Mark, welcome. Thank you, guys. Taking the time out of your, your busy morning. We're jumping ahead. We're doing this on a Friday morning to kind of fit schedule. So we always talk with Mark every day at Tiger Football Club or when we have the Tiger Talk at lunchtime on Friday. So we're I get to see him twice today instead of just <laughs> once. But, Blake, welcome in. We haven't done a, a guest for a couple, two or three weeks since last year's school's out. So has was the last one. Coach Dunn. No, it was uh, Ference, wasn't it? Oh. Or not Ference, uh, uh, Wallace. Yeah, Coach Wallace. So you're following up Seth Wallace. Be prepared to be disappointed, gentlemen. <laughs> but, uh, no, thank you. We appreciate the opportunity. But you do have your Iowa Hawkeye shirt, so we <laughs> you know, would just say that. This is supposed to be a podcast, Dan. We don't, we don't need to alienate anybody here. So I, I will say that when we're in uh, Seth's office, is like three times the size of your office. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been but there. close been matching there. the amount of Hawkeye stuff. Yes, yep. very close. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's 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 go ahead and dive in here and let's hear a little bit about the football club, Blake. So, Mark, you're one of the quote-unquote founding fathers of the Tiger Football Club. Uh, I guess give us a little bit of a background on, you know, that first idea and how you kind of got it going in the first place. Yeah, Blake. Uh, so, so basically, uh, you know, somewhere around two and a half to three years ago, um, myself and my brother, uh, Don Smith and a few other, uh, townspeople in Grinnell that were known to be passionate about tiger football, um, got, um, a meeting together with Chad Rose. So Chad is, is really the person that was kind of the instigator to it. Um, and coach Shipley at the time, um, was working with Chad to try to get something set up for an organization here in town to, to benefit tiger football. Um, what we found pretty quickly, um, was that we were behind in that department. Most communities, our size have some type of benefacting club or organization for the betterment of football in their community, whether it, it just focuses just on high school or sometimes just in youth football, or in most of the cases like ours, you know, try to, to better football in the entire community. Um, so yeah, we found that we were, uh, kind of behind the eight ball, if you will, and we needed to catch up. So uh, obviously after that, um, you know, Coach Shipley uh, resigned and, and moved on. And then we we kind of – we had everything ready to go. Um, we were just get, getting ready to be set up right as he transitioned away. And then it kind of went on stall until we figured out who the next coach was going to be. And then, um, you know, I sent an email as soon as Coach Souser got, got hired – I sent an email to uh, athletic director Chris Kaufman as asking if, you know, should I reach out to to Brian? And he said absolutely. And uh, Brian was ecstatic. Every place that he had been previously had some type of benefacting club to football. So he was excited that that was going to continue here in Grinnell. Um, I don't know if he expected quite as many road bumps as we've had to get it up and running, but – um, and then we had a meeting set, uh, Brian and I did, and I have two young kids at home. I don't think I had been sick for 
15 years before I had kids, but you know, when you have little ones at home, you tend to bring home the colds once in a while. So I actually had to call in sick that day to work. And I'm sure Brian thought, you know, this is just, this guy's just going to blow me off here. But uh, little did you know, know that we all had a lot of passion for Tiger football. And, uh, yep, we've had some road bumps, but um, we, we think we're, we're on a pretty good trajectory at this point here for it. So Now, just I want to clear something up. I know that sometimes people get confused of, A, the football club versus the booster club. Can, can you give the what the separation – I know both of them are trying to do great things, but just can you separate the two a little bit so yeah. if someone says they want to join one that they're not necessarily joining the other or how that all works? Yeah, great question, Dan. And, and absolutely, our intention is never to, to step on the toes, so to speak, of the booster club. In fact, our viewpoint is, if, hey, if we can help fundraise and, and help organize football in Grinnell – um, and, and help help with some costs maybe that they normally wouldn't. Maybe that even frees up a little more cash flow for some of the other sports programs in Grinnell, honestly. So um, we work together pretty well um, in the fact that um, – so one of our current initiatives is um, we, we are kind of receiving some unexpected funds from a, a fundraising event by a local business, Bates uh, Flowers by Design, 10% of all their uh, profits from their boutonnieres and corsages and all that stuff for homecoming, they're going to start doing 10% of that to a local organization, and they chose us. Well, we're going to turn around and donate that to a booster cause this time, and and we're going to try to buy a new uh, Tiger mascot since I graduated in 1999. I'm pretty confident that's the same mascot that we've been running with. It is for, different, but it's it's old. It, oh, it's it, oh, right, it's right. almost more than 15 years old. Okay, fair enough, Blake. But, yeah, so, you know, that's the type of thing where I think we can work together. Um, we are not competing um, in the sense that, yep, if you join one, if you're a, a Tiger football club member, that certainly does not mean you shouldn't be a, a Grinnell Tiger Booster Club member. So, right. I think when you look down the like the football program, you see almost everyone is, who's listed as a booster has ties are involved with the club in some way or some other. So, yep, yep. And in fact, so you kind of hit on um, Tiger Talks on Friday at Poly Eyes. That actually came to us from a Booster Club member. So Dustin Smith um, had something similar when he was, I think, growing up in the Quad City area. They had like a, a quarterback club is what they called it. Um, and he said, why don't we get something started here and you guys take that take that under your umbrella at the Tiger Football Club. And we said, absolutely, that makes sense. So, yep. So, again, hopefully we're working together more times than not. Um, and certainly want to continue to build a good relationship with the boosters here in town. What do you think has been one of the biggest benefits to having the Tiger Football Club that you've seen around town and such? Well, so I guess I'll answer that question, Blake, by just kind of listing a few of the things that we have accomplished yeah, so far, yeah, if that's yeah. all right. Yeah, that's um, so the, the biggest benefit really is obviously we're, we're trying to fundraise, but then what do we do with the funds that we've raised? So – um, the biggest things around town would be uh, a lot of people around town don't see them, right? Um, so new practice jerseys for uh, 9 through 12. Um, again, I know this one to be a fact. They still had the old team practice jerseys when I was, uh, I believe, a sophomore is when we got those. So 1995, 1996. 
So we replaced those last year. Um, so not many people, unless you're directly tied to the program, are going to ever see a practice jersey, right? Um, we do. We sponsor student nutrition in the sense that uh, we were doing peanut butter sandwiches until we were told that we couldn't, but also then chocolate milk. So Coach Souser goes to Ivy or Fairway, I don't know how many times a week, and he gets jug after jug of chocolate milk. And so that the student athletes can have, you know, something nutritious after they lift or they work out in their off season. And that benefits all student athletes, not just football. Um, so that's a, another little thing. The bigger things specifically to football are um, we have put the boys through quite a few seven on seven camps anymore. So as long as it's a team oriented camp, which seven V seven counts towards, we can, we can sponsor it. So the boys don't pay a single penny to go to these seven on seven camps. And we've done one team camp for all nine through 12 boys. Um, the last, each of the last two years now. And again, they don't have to pay a single penny. So regardless if they come from a family with, with lots of assets or no assets, they're the same in the eyes of Tiger football because of that. So those are our, probably our two biggest impacts, but you know, we've sent the boys sent to some local camps, you know, Simpson and central, but we sent them to Iowa, Iowa state, um, Nebraska. And then this past year, they were able to take the boys out to Notre Dame. So that was a, a pretty neat, uh, treat. And I think coach Souser has a great kind of idea of how to rotate through local campuses or regional campuses, if you will. Um, and so each boy, as they, as they go through the program, they're going to have a, a pretty neat experience on, on just even travels around, uh, team camps. Again, I think they've done um, Central College each of the past two years. Maybe it was Simpson this year. And I apologize. The last thing that we've done that maybe is maybe is the most visible for just people around town is we brought a organization to town called the YSF organization out of Muscatine, and they uh, they are the the heads of the the program for the fifth and sixth grade tackle football program that we brought to town. Um, so we helped where Tiger Football Club came in is we lowered the cost of each participant by almost half of what it costs each family to participate. So each family then only pays $100. Each boy gets six home games. All the pads are included with that fee. Um, next year we're hoping that they'll get worked into a, uh, a game at the Unidome, actually. So um, we'll try to do that at least once every two years. And we'll pick up the the cost for that at the Tiger Football Club too. So, um, so yeah, lots of lots of things around town. We 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 think um, we're we're on a pretty good trajectory, and we'll we'll keep picking up odds and ends things uh, as we figure things out too. So, when it all started, did you see this getting to as big as it is at this very moment? We hoped. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Um, I guess it's happened pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say a lot of that has to do uh, – we have a, a working board. Um, so I'll mention all the board members here in just a minute. But uh, Coach Souser has a vision too, right? So uh, I'd be amiss if I didn't say a lot of that has to do with with Brian. And we also partner – you know, we're a, a sub-organization of uh, Greater Power State Community Foundation. So they take care of all the, the, the funds coming in, all the expenses going out the accounting work, you know, we don't have to spend our time as a board together other than just making sure that our, our budget is balanced. We don't spend a lot of time on financials. We're figuring out, okay, here's our next fundraising opportunity or here's the next impact that we can make from those funds that we've raised, right? So it's it's picking up steam and um, 
yeah, hopefully we'll have a few more things down the road here. So, so as as the board meets, is, are you guys taking ideas and stuff from Coach Souser of these are potential goals or what we could put fundraising to, or is the board collectively say, you know, I've I've been here and I've seen that, and then you approach Coach Souser, would you guys be interested in that, or how? Which way does the ideas come from, or is it all collectively? both of you it, it is both i'd say at least on like the seven on seven camps and team camps that's all coach Souser, right i mean he knows he's been around he's been at iowa city west before he went down south for a few years so he knows what's available out there for the boys to to better themselves um and you know things like the the practice jersey right that you know he moved to town he saw how dilapidated that was and he wants a regimented uniform, right? So each boy has a, a, a the exact same outfit, um, no matter their grade level or economic background or whatever. So he wants uniformity. So things like that come from Coach Souser. Um, he wanted some type of youth programming. He wanted to strengthen youth football here in town, um, at least give more options. The Parks and Rec had done a really good job of building up the GFL program, which was flag football for third through sixth at the time um, with the shift through fifth through sixth um, to tackle this year. Um, the GFL is really just focusing on third and fourth this year. But so we wanted to make sure that, that families had an option. And then so he, you know, Coach Souser gave us that initiative to strengthen youth football. That kind of came more organically from the board than we, we talked to Marshalltown, we talked to YSF, and then we made the decision to go with YSF. So, and with that fifth and sixth grade, we we did a podcast with uh, Coach Dunn, and he said that you know, he's he goes, it's kind of renewed my life a little bit to step in and work with you guys on that fifth and sixth grade tackle football too. Yeah, Coach Dunn is our community coordinator for YSF, so he's the one that was kind of responsible for getting the two head coach selected, Don Smith and Mike Anderson. And then he worked with those two head coaches to get the rest of the coaching staff. And then he's kind of the liaison for getting things organized at the home games. But he's also the liaison then to make sure that Brian, Coach Souser, knows, you know, kind of the the direction. So really the goal here, guys, is that's the same language all throughout, right? So they're going to use the same language in fifth and sixth that they eventually learn in seventh and eighth through middle school football, and then that's all going through how Brian wants it to be all the way through through 9 through 12 then. so, And that's what we were finding, right? So we were finding, um, as we started to sniff around YSF, they came and they presented, and all they honestly needed to do was lay down their sheet of what communities were participating and how many teams each of those communities had. I think it's like 180 communities in Grinnell participate in YSF. Wow. And we were like, you know, so again, kind of like with the, the fundraising organization itself, we, we found just how far Grinnell had, had fallen just in a, you know, three, five, seven year time frame. Uh, we didn't have that um, in motion. Uh, Williamsburg usually has two to three teams. South Tama has two. Pella is just new to YSF. Decorah has four teams, you know, so just communities that we want to compete against. Right. We were we were drastically behind the eight ball there. So uh, the boys are working hard. I know they're, they're the results aren't quite there in fifth and sixth grade level yet. But really, again, we're that far behind. So hopefully this will bring bring momentum in for next year, and so that the boys that are going to be in seventh grade, 
they know what it's like to put on a pad. They know what it's like to get hit. And they won't learn those lessons in seventh grade because they already learned them here in fifth and sixth. Right, right. right. Uh, we'll go on to talk about the football team just a little bit. Uh, do you think, obviously, Grinnell had a few rough years of only winning, you know, one game. And, uh, you know, the community support was there, but you could just tell it was kind of slowly dwindling. Does it mean more now that, you know, the team is getting better and it just seems like the community support is getting a little bit better? Do you think you guys could take some, you know, uh, contribution to that, like, or contribution to you guys? I mean, I, I think I'll, I'll that, deflect that one, well, Blake, I, but yeah. I think you guys have at least gotten people a little bit more excited with the whole Tiger Talk thing and everything else. Yeah, we, we would hope so. I, I look at I look back to one of our other fundraising opportunities, which was the trivia night we did, uh, I think it was April 6th last year, and we'll release the date for this upcoming year here pretty soon. But we had uh, almost 150 people in the Eagles Club decked out in Tiger gear, from a multitude of different historical teams. And I think, yeah, to your point, that that's where maybe we can help with building uh, just momentum and excitement towards Tiger football back in, in town. Because it, it is it is amazing how, how quickly that can slip after, you know, two, three uh, yeah. years of a struggling program. Yeah. Um, the passion wasn't there. It was, it was apathy, right? And that's in any type of athletic program, apathy might be the most dangerous thing that you can encounter. So, yeah, whatever little bit we can do to help that, absolutely. But, no, we won't, we won't take uh, much or any of the credit there, Blake. But, yeah, if, if we can help that at all, we're, we're sure going to. Well, while we're right there talking about fundraising, why don't you give a little bit more detail what the trivia night kind of consisted of? Because, yes, there's trivia involved, but – what what did the whole night or, or other fundraisers that you guys are doing to bring stuff back in kind of outline that a little bit? Yeah, sure. No, I'll, I'll just kind of start at the, at the beginning, if that's all right. So our biggest one is the Liftathon. We do that uh, almost at the end of summer each year here. We've done two of them now, and that is by far our biggest uh, fundraising opportunity for our organization. Um, Coach Souser, he's done that every place he's been and it works. So he, he kind of knows the program of how to make that event work. Um, he has each boy send out 10 to 12 handwritten notes of, Hey, please sponsor me, your, your grandson or child or nephew or whatever it is. Right. right. And who's going to say no to, to spotting $25 to sponsor a family member or a neighbor or whatever it might be. And so then he has levels of fundraising. So if each boy raises $200, they get uh, a, a shirt, a Grinnell Tiger T-shirt or whatever. And, again, uh, you know, people just say, hey, this is a great cause, and it's by far our biggest one. And it's a really neat night uh, that, that you guys came to here this past year. I think we can eventually turn it into a community night. So kind of going back to what you were saying, Blake, of – um, here's something right before the football season starts that I think we can right. turn into a community event. Um, we probably had, I'd say, darn near 300, 350 people there this this year just watching the boys max out on deadlift, squat, and bench. Um, coach does it on, on TT Cranny Field. We turned the lights on. Benny Latimer was up there doing a DJ. It just turned into a, a really neat night this year. And uh, so now we're talking about maybe having some food vendors there next year and maybe see if the Tiger Paws would come. So I think we can make this a pretty big evening for, for not just Tiger football, but for the community of Grinnell going forward. So uh, so I guess one of the things to kind of end on is, 
what's the future of the Tiger Football Club? Do you guys have some things that you guys are thinking about for this uh, next year? Um, I guess what what do you want to see come out of this in the next couple of years? Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe I should think about that myself first before I answer. But <laughs> we're in the you know uh, you know continuing to to really hone in on on the events that we have already set forth. So again, that's liftathon um, late July. Um, trivia night, which will be late March, early April every year. The Tiger Talks, as, as Dan has mentioned a couple times, every Friday during uh, the football season, we're at Pauly Eyes for a buffet lunch for 13 bucks, and then the Tiger Football Club gets a few of those dollars back. We might do one additional fundraising opportunity. Um, we're, we're talking about maybe doing like a lady football um, seminar or, or a, a kind of similar to what Coach Ferentz does over in Iowa City, right, um, where you you allow ladies to have a comfortable uh, evening t- that they can learn a little bit more about the X's and O's of football. Right. We pair that with some wine. probably wouldn't hurt. Uh, Alicia Blankenfeld, if you're listening, you, you kind of mentioned that you'd be willing to help that up, so this is your official invitation. But, yeah, we, that's one thing that we've, we've gotten quite a few comments on, and I think we're going to fulfill that in, before the next football season. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, uh, eventually, guys, the big thing that's on our agenda, and I don't want to step on anybody's toes in town, but we're well aware of it, is Grinnell is behind the, the eight ball yet again on um, our field conditions here. The, the staff do a great job maintaining TT Craney Field, but it takes a lot to keep it up. So eventually, um, you know, we think that probably should be a, a, some type of field turf um, field here in town. and. We will help whatever organization is the the lead on that, or if we eventually need to be the lead on that, which I don't think technically we can, but we can sure help with the fundraising part right, of it. So right. that's where our active board will uh, really get engaged. And if you don't mind, that's probably as good a time for me just to mention the board members here real quick. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's myself, uh, my brother Paul Colpin, Don Smith, Brian Conway, who's the principal at Davis, um, Karen Dillon, Greg Wallace, Coach Jim Dunn, Ben Latimer, Chad Rose, who's the assistant coach here on the staff. And then we have two kind of ex officios, if you will. Travis Smith was on the, the staff at the point at that point in time. So he uh, is a, a big help to us. And then obviously Coach Souser's there for all of our meetings as well. So that's our that's our board, and we are a working board, you know. So it's just kind of us to start. We don't have any subgroups or anything. So when we do something like the trivia night, it's it's all on us. What is it to be a member? So like you have your board members, but if someone says, "Hey, I'd like to be a part of that group," is there a physical form they got to fill out, or do they just? Just come and start showing up at, like, your fundraisers and stuff like that. Yeah, there's really no process, if you will, Dan. Um, and uh, we did do a, a flyer when we first were getting started that you could become a quote-unquote sponsor or friend. I think I don't think we can technically use the term member anymore for compliance reasons. But uh, if you if you did a one-time donation of $25, we sent you one of our decals in, in the mail, and you were a – a friend of the Tiger Football Club. But, yeah, really, it's just being part of it. Um, uh, I'm not the greatest social media guy in the world. I've had to learn how to manage the uh, social media page for Tiger Football Club, but we're pretty active on that. So, um, you know, if you if you do use Facebook, you know, like us on Facebook, and, and you'll know what our events are and what's upcoming to 
to get active and, and eventually help help the sport of football in, in Grinnell. So, well, as we go forward, I know we try to we, we follow and we try to re repost anything that you guys put out there and vice versa. I don't even know. Are you guys even on the, do you have a Twitter account? We, uh, (laughs) no, maybe, maybe we'll, the next board member will be a a young person that can teach us the ways of social media. You know, our, we, we use the, the social media Twitter quite a bit and, you know, different things that we see, we, we either make our own post or whatever and try to, retweet anything that goes on with Grinnell Tiger Sports and football. So we, we try to help out. But, you know, as we move forward, the the Tiger Sports live stream network would like to continue and be an active part of this Grinnell football club. And I think it is just we have the same thoughts as what the members do, uh, the betterment for Grinnell Tiger football and sports overall. You know, anything that we could do to, to give back, and that's a lot of our mission right now is – providing something that no one got to see before and that's that's the main goal i guess to kind of piggyback on that just real quick dan is you know football's just one sport right um it happens to be one that gets maybe the most attention and that's just because of the culture that we live in but i think you typically find that athletic departments around the state of iowa if they have a good football program the rest of the sports tend to go with it uh, Blake, to your point, it provides more passion, right? Because that's where the biggest, uh, you know, the, the biggest uh, attendance is, is usually for home football games, right. right? For a healthy football program, you get people engaged, you get young kids, K through 8, that go to the games, and then all of a sudden, maybe they go to a volleyball match, maybe they go to a basketball, maybe, you know, so it just, I think it can snowball from there. So if we get Grinnell Tiger football back to where we want, our hope is that it'll help everybody in this community get, get behind Tiger sports again. Well, Mark, we appreciate you letting us coming in here and uh, talking to you this week. I, I know for a fact a lot of people learned a lot today about the Tiger Football Club. Um, I guess, do you have anything else you want to say to the people that are listening, whether that be Tiger Talk or something else? No, we, we just wish the, the Tigers the best. And, uh, um, you know, Coach Souser has been really, uh, really cordial to us all the way from getting this started to – like our most recent thing is the kid captain at the home games, right? And I, each of the first two weeks, he walks – as soon as he gets on the field, he walks straight over to where I tell the boys and their fathers to stand to wait. He walks straight over to them and shakes their hand and, and welcomes them to a special night for that boy and his father. And uh, he's just a first-class individual, and I know he's going to get Tiger football back to where we need to be. So We 100% agree. Thank you, Mark, once again. Uh, We appreciate your time, and good luck with the rest of, of the Tiger Football Club. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. All right, thank you, Mark Copeland, for that. You know what, let's take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with the recap of what's going to be going on for this week, which is homecoming week. Hey there, I'm Joey Pauliai, third-generation owner of Pauliai's and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our PaxPals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit PauliEyesGrinnellIA.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Pauliei's Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Tomorrow, some fear the uncertainty it brings. Some trust the promise it holds. 
At Grinnell Mutual, we are always looking forward to tomorrow, growing and innovating. So even if the plans you have for the future aren't the same as the plans the future holds for you, you can be ready. Because we'll be ready, like we have been for over 100 years. Trust in that. Trust in tomorrow. Talk to a Grinnell Mutual agent today. Thank you, Polly Ice Pizza and Grinnell Mutual, for being our sponsors of the Tiger Sports Livestream Podcast. All right, let's jump right into what's going on right now. As we speak, the uh, JV football team is playing over at TT Crane Field, taking on Oskaloosa. As I look out the, the back window here, they are currently up and winning, so let's hope that continues for the rest of the evening, and we can report to you next week that, or follow up with Friday at the ball game that they did uh, come out with victorious at the end of the, the night tonight. But let's move ahead to Tuesday night. So tomorrow night, this is what's going on. The cross-country crew is heading over to Pine Knolls Country Club in Pella. And, uh, excuse me, that's at Knoxville. Uh, we also uh, will kind of be following those along, see how they're doing over there. Uh, we'll put out some Twitter feeds on that. Uh, we... Uh, had the opportunity to talk with the the cross-country team, so that will be actually part of our podcast for next week. We sit down with Coach Edson, so tune in next week. We'll have a follow-up with that. The uh, ninth-grade volleyball team travels to Indianola on Tuesday night, also with the JV and the varsity. Uh, At the Bear Complex is the swimming meet. Uh, We'll be heading over tonight, or excuse me, tomorrow night, to catch our first swimming meet so it'd be kind of an experience for us just to sit and watch uh, thursday is the homecoming parade at 5 30 and then friday night we have ninth grade football starting at 4 45 in the varsity game homecoming game at 7 30 and that's uh taking on knoxville at tt Carney field you'll be able to tune in live on the tiger sports live stream network on our youtube channel or just tune right into our TigersSLSN.com to check out the live stream. It's always posted right there on the uh, website so you can catch a live view on that. Then Saturday for the band, they'll be over in Cedar Rapids Prairie for the bands across the prairie. That's at 9 a.m. So Levi Dressler will be heading over that direction. And then following back up to next Monday, there's also another cross-country uh, event that's at the Norwalk High School. So we'll be kind of filling in just the beginning of that as we start our podcast next Monday. So that is the, the week going forward, homecoming. I know for the high school kids, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, they have different theme days, and that goes all the way down into the, the youth, into the, the smaller grades too. So I hope it's a enjoyable week. You could Look for us in the homecoming parade Thursday night. We'll be having the Tiger Sports Livestream Network uh, vehicle. Uh, we'll be throwing out candy, Blake and I. Maybe we drag Craig Seek in the, the vehicle with us, be tossing candy both directions. So look for us as we go through on the homecoming parade. And, and just a shout out to the Grinnell Tiger. All sports, you know, good luck on this homecoming week. It seems to be a little bit elevated and uh, wish the best of luck for everybody. So for myself, Dan Walker, Blake Walker has been in and out with his school activities up Marstown Community College, so it's kind of been a split 
podcast for the week, but thank you for joining in, and we'll catch you next week and catch you Friday night at the game. Thank you. This production is a copyright of the Tiger Sports live stream.